Hello, hello. Welcome to the We Shape podcast. Another hello. week, another episode. We're here. Yeah. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I can't feign that we're doing our first intro because we're actually doing our second intro oh, right now. Way to oh, break the seal, burned. Tyler. Oh my gosh. Burned. Yeah. Sometimes podcasting is really easy and sometimes <laughs> it just feels like there's friction with the interwebs trying to get guests on here Technology. and everything. So yeah. yeah. Well, it's our second attempt and we're doing great. It it is what it is. This is life, right? Yeah. You just get kicked in the nuts and you gotta take a deep breath and stand back up. <laughs> right? We get to try again. That's that's the message here. We always get to try again. Uh, should I tell everyone about the tests I've it's been making message. everyone take? Yeah. I'm going to talk about this for a second. Okay. So wh- I don't even know how I got this test. I don't know either. You scoured the internet, I, I, think I guess. I think Amy sent it to me. One of my friends sent out. me a, a, yeah, <laughs> dust check out. Sent me a test or maybe I found it somewhere. It was like, are you a highly sensitive person? And I was like, oh, I'm not really sensitive. But then I realized what the test was about. It was like energetically. Like, do lights bother you? And sensory and like input. And I was like, uh oh, I'm going down on this test, right? (laughs) So I take the test and I'm like, basically, Nina and Tyler, you have to take the test immediately. I got a C. And what was your score, Nina? I got a nine. And Tyler, I think, got like a 12. 12 or something. And then your husband got a nine. Mm hmm. And I think the highest score is like 25 or 26. And I was like, oh, what did I get? And it's all 23. And I'm like, oh, no. So in all honesty, I've been like discovering a lot about myself. Can we dim the lights in here? Yeah. 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 I feel like I like I was like, I didn't even understand that this was a part of who I am. Right. And and then I've been reading about it. Like 20 percent of the population is highly sensitive, meaning that like. You feel other people's energy. You um, have a lot of empathy towards people. And there's a lot of benefits to it. But there's also a lot of, like, drain. And it was talking about how, um, especially, like, being a parent and being a a female and and a mother who's a highly sensitive person is, like, Mm. really an intense experience. Mm. And, like, people really enjoy, like, having downtime. But, like, people who fall into this category Absolutely. It's not an option. Like you have to have required time where you're like basically by yourself. And I just was like almost 38 years living in this this body and just didn't know. <laughs> Suddenly so many that things I have like the sense. highest score. And I've like made everyone take it. And I still have the highest score out of everyone. <laughs> well, I think it's great, though. It's so important to like continuously try to discover who you are and what you need. I think such a common thread of people's dissatisfaction in their lives these days is just relying on everyone else to tell them what they need. And not connecting with themselves and saying, who am I? What well, do I need that, to feel? That was what good. I started realizing. I was like, oh, this is tying into all my shit. Because yeah. it's like I have showed up in a way for other for so long uh, based on ver- so many layers, right, yeah. um, of what was expected of me. And I'm like, oh, here's another message that you can't do it that way. You have to see what's right for you and do what's right. It's like the same message you just – constantly punching me in the face. Isn't, so. that, isn't that like the way the universe works, right? We just show up in the world and if we don't listen to the message, it will just hit us again and Try hit us again, again and hit yeah. us again until we figure out how to set that boundary or create space for ourselves in that, you know? So we're going to have a new set. We're going to have no lights here. <laughs> um, I'm going to have six Dim hours of isolation by myself <laughs> yeah, before yeah. I start this. No, but it was good because a lot of... Um, some of the things that I've started doing in my life are like not really the norm. Like I take a night away every week by myself. Um, like I, I have to sleep by myself. So like there's just things that I feel like, oh, you don't sleep next to your husband or, oh, you're away from your kids. And I'm like, uh, I, I have to if I'm going to show up and function. And there were four months that I wasn't doing that. 
And four months of this. Yeah, it was it was a downward downward spiraling. Just another important reminder for our listeners that um, it's okay to do something that you need to do, even if society and culture and friends and family say that's not how we do it. Mm. You get to you get to do what's right for you. So I have a suspicion this might segue into our guest today. It's a perfect. It's a perfect segue. We want to jump on over there. Yeah, I'm really excited. We have Victoria here with us today. I'm going to have Nina read her bio. I got the pleasure being on Victoria's podcast last week. Um, but let's just jump right in. Why don't you read her bio and we'll Absolutely. do a formal introduction. I'm so excited to have her here today. So we have Victoria with us and she is a food freedom and body love coach, an inspirational speaker, podcast host, and a writer. She's here to show you how to find food freedom, become besties with your body, and most importantly, fall in love with yourself. When you work with Victoria, you go deep. Disordered relationships with food and your body is just a symptom of the root causes. A lack of self-worth and self-love, Victoria has a unique gift of activating women to remember who the fuck they are. Divinity embodies. <laughs> and return home to infinite self-love. To quote Victoria in her own words, there's no half-assed food freedom and self-love with me. We go all in. I mean, oh my God. I don't think my heart, w- My heart went bum, 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 bum when you dropped the F-bomb I right did. there. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, go, girl. I love swearing. Thank you, Victoria. I don't Man. think we've had a better bio. Welcome, Victoria. We're so happy to have you. Oh, thank you so much. You know, one of my first questions was going to be, can I cuss on this podcast? But clearly, (laughs) I can. You can. (laughs) I also just want to start by saying, um, I was on your podcast last week, and I did the thing I normally do, which was I was sick, and I probably should have rescheduled, but I was like, I can't reschedule on her. I booked this a month ago. I really got to show up. So I feel so bad because I was on Victoria's podcast, and I was like, I have a little cough, and I think I was really minimizing how ill I was. <laughs> and so, like, you would ask me a question, and then I would, you know, I would talk, and then once I would feel my throat starting to cough, I'd wrap the question mute, cough while she and I so I feel so bad I'm like I hope I didn't fuck up her podcast like <laughs> that was not my best self <laughs> oh you absolutely didn't and it's going to be released soon and okay it was it was as it was meant to be right I yeah. mean reflecting back to you though with what you've just opened this podcast with you could have chosen yourself you could have chose your integrity over the integrity with with us together and I would have completely understood I'm just going to keep learning this lesson, Victoria. You didn't know who the fuck you were. <laughs> I did it. Sorry. You needed Victoria <laughs> yeah. to help you with that. I did. I did. And it was, it was a downward spiral for me because we're in a – Victoria is coming to us from the Netherlands, right? So we're in a very different time zone. So I had to get here at 530 in the morning, which I was very happy to do. But I think the whole night I didn't sleep because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm coughing. Will I be better in the morning? Will I wake up to my alarm? And I was like – I really should have just said, <laughs> I am so sorry, Victoria. I don't have control of this. I'm ill. And clearly she would have understood. So yeah. uh, she's very nice. So I, anyway, more lessons to learn. But enough about that. I want to start with your story, Victoria. I want to I wanna understand where you were and how you got here today. I think that stories really inspire people and really connect people. So maybe we can start there. Absolutely. Do you want the long version or the short-ish version? Uh, I mean, whatever version whatever, you want to tell. Wherever Let's you do feel it. you need to go, you go. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So, my story. Then I, I'll start with where the dramatic started with the eating disorders, and that was I was diagnosed with anorexia when I was eleven years old, mm. and you know, people have asked me, how did that happen? And through all of the therapy and self-reflection and the work I've done, it's a combination of, I was dieting from nine with my mom. She was doing Weight Watchers. I wasn't a child that needed to lose weight. 
I mean, what does that even mean? I'm sure we're going to go into that at a later date. I was just copying what my mum did and my mum just thought it was quite harmless because that's all she had ever known. So she was just doing what she had, had learned. So I was dieting from nine and I took it too far. So in my personality trait, I have perfectionism in there. All or nothing, I'm sure you understand most people with disordered eating and eating disorders actually have this type of personality trait. And I just took it too far. So that was the main reason why. The other underlying reason why, and I've learned this through through therapy, is as a child, we don't we're not fully grown in our mind and we don't know who we are in our in ourselves. We're not securing ourselves. And so when I would see my mom comment on people in larger bodies negatively, when she was always trying to lose weight herself, when she would compliment people in smaller bodies, my child self thought, oh, being small means acceptance and love from your parent. Mm. And so it goes really deep. So I was diagnosed with anorexia at, at age 11. And that, thankfully, my mum caught it very early on. I'm very blessed mom who who was very aware of what was going on. I I tried to hide it because anorexics do that. They, they don't really want anyone interfering, of course, because then they will be forced to eat something. But she found it within months and I couldn't get away with wearing like four jumpers anymore. Mm. And she took me to the doctor. And I remember the doctor handing us this leaflet saying anorexia on it. And I was in complete denial. I was like, no, 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 that's not me. I can eat if I want to. Like absolute, complete not even fake denial, like actual denial. Like that was, I was just, that was not who I was. It turned out that's what I did have. I don't like labels, but in this case, it was very helpful to be like, you are sick. If you don't get help, you're literally going to starve to death. And so then the process began of recovery. I was lucky that I was that age because I primarily help elder women, older women now in thirties, forties. And when I was that age, my mum was kind of not force feeding me physically, but she would make demands. And as a child, she thankfully I was into horses and I was lucky enough to have my own horse. And so she would use the horse against me and she would say, if you don't eat this, we're selling the horse. And thankfully, thank God, I loved the horse more than I loved the anorexia. Mm. And that got me through it but I would oh my gosh I remember sitting at the table and like scratching my face and making my face bleed because I just didn't want to eat Mm. I ran into the road a few times I just my whole entire body was screaming at me not to eat and that is a genetic component that I'm sure we can go into along the line that's actually genetic I understand it more now but the recovery process took a couple of years I recovered physically meaning I was I was weight restored. I wasn't like like dangerously thin or underweight anymore. But the mental piece, in all honesty, I've only just recovered from, from five years ago. From the age of 30, I started proper recovery because then what happened was the anorexia morphed into binge eating and then bulimia. So if I fast forward a little bit on my journey, so I was quote recovered physically from anorexia. And then I started working and I've always worked with horses. And so I was very active. I could eat a lot and I was very closely monitored still. So I had to still continue to make sure I was eating enough, but I was just very active. So I just stayed very slim. And then when I was 19, I met an older man. He was 34 at the time. And I kind of, I say I fell in love. I now know what love is. That wasn't true love, a lesson I had to learn for sure. 
I fell into this relationship and I was I was in this relationship for six years and it became very abusive, physically mm. abusive, mentally, emotionally. He would hit me regularly. He would rape me regularly. Oh and I God. turned to food then and I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder. And so that didn't mean that I was fine being in a bigger body. I hated myself even more. I was... I gained so much weight very quickly because I didn't go out with friends anymore. He cut me off from my family and friends. I didn't speak to my mom. I didn't go to my sister's wedding. I call it the cave because I, for my 21st birthday, I didn't get any cards. Well, I did. I now know that I did, but he would burn them. So I didn't, I thought no one was trying to reach out to me. Oh he controlled my phone. He would have a screwdriver. And so if I was in the toilet for too long, he would unlock the door to see what I was doing like it was it was normal for me in a weird way back then but now looking back there's no normality to it at all and food was my only friend and because I'd starved myself for so long and yes I had weight restored mentally I was scared of weight gain mentally I still didn't want to eat I was just kind of going through the mechanics of making sure I was eating enough something just switched and I thought well there's no external world to be loved by there's no one to impress because a lot of mine was down to external validation feeling like I needed that in order to be loved and to be safe and to be enough that kind of got taken away from me which in a way was a blessing in disguise because I then did choose to want to eat put a lot of weight on he liked me bigger because I got less attention so that was like very confusing um, and I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder. Now, again, fast forward a little bit after I left that relationship, which was literally like a movie. Like I, I laugh now, it's not funny. It's funny in hindsight, but that was a, a very dramatic thing at the time. I did manage to leave. I then found the gym and I hadn't trained before at the gym. So this would, I would have been 25 and I wanted to do something for me. It wasn't really about the weight loss because in all honesty, I was so down. I didn't know what was happening, what day it was, where I was. He had left me in 10 grand worth of debt as well. That was an extra. I had oh, Bayliss knocking on the door. Thanks for that. But yeah, thank, yeah, cheers for that. And I, I didn't know this is a thing. And I was really confused. And what he had done is his daughter had signed in my signature for these joint bills of all these different things that I had no idea of. And we went to to get legal help. And because they were in joint names and they had no proof that it wasn't me, I had to pay. So I like was I hated my body. I hated myself. I, I thought I was really quote and I use the word fat in quotes now because of the work I do. I thought I was really fat. I didn't have a job. I was 10 grand in debt. Like he just destroyed my self-worth and I started to build myself back up. And the gym was part of that. And then because I'd not done any healing yet, I just went obsessed with the gym and was became the perfectionism there. The weight came off me. All of a sudden I had abs. I was 9% body fat as a woman, which is, oh my God. as you know, is dangerously low. My yeah. periods had stopped. But everyone was like, wow, you are a machine. You look incredible. And I was like, wow, this is the life. This is what I've always wanted. Mm. But then I was purging and taking laxatives and starving myself as long as I could and then binging my face off. It started off like just once a week. I love the gym life. I'm still training, but the gym life kind of taught me how to have a cheat day mm -hmm. where you would like yeah. be really good. 
the oh, original the cheat day. Nina and I are familiar yes. with the cheat oh, days. Dear. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah. Yeah, and I took it again to the extreme. So I wouldn't just have a cheat day. I it would literally I would put an app on my phone. You know, you can have countdown apps for holidays and stuff. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> It's a continuous countdown timer to your cheat day. Yes. <laughs> I used to write I down all the things have. I wanted to eat yeah. for my cheat day, like the week of. I'm like, I'm going to have all these things. Oh, my God. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. And so I just took that to the extreme and I would like, like I would hoard stuff. I'd like buy chocolate and ice cream and, and hoard it in the house. And the second Saturday morning hit, I would wake up early and just start eating chocolate. Oh, my God. It was crazy. That continued until I was 30 years old, the bulimia, and I managed to stay pretty lean because I'd get up at half past four, go on a 10K run, bike to the gym, do an hour workout, which was mostly an hour hit, which is ridiculous. Oh my yeah, wow. my poor body and my poor nervous system. I was going to say. Yeah. And I'd bike to work and then I'd bike back to the gym at work and then do weights and then bike back home and then binge. That's how I managed to stay lean. And I was broken inside, but at least I had a flat tummy. Oh, right? oh my that God. Was, that can, can, I, can I cut in here real quick just before we get to the, the, the real yes. healing part? I just, I really appreciate you sharing this um, with everybody out there because I think it's something that a handful of people experiences when you start to um, show up in the way that society wants us to show up, that you start getting praised for it. And in a lot of situations, this praise is encouraging us showing up in a way that's really dysfunctional, that's really toxic for ourselves. And I just want people who are hearing who might, you know, I, like take a moment to identify with that, to pause and go, am I doing this for the right reasons? You know, because um, it's so easy to get distracted by, you know, a, a great body and compliments and, and you know, uh, success and all these things that people think of as, as um, succeeding and just get like completely lost in it. And like you said, the whole time you're getting compliments, but you're just destroying yourself along the way. I try to remind myself your ego really likes that. But who you are as an authentic person inside, yeah. the healed version of you doesn't care about that. Yeah. But your ego loves it. So like when I when anything comes at me like that now, I and I go, I get I go, oh, yeah, your ego really likes that. And then it kind of <laughs> takes me down. Not, not like yeah. down in a bad way, but in a realistic way. Totally. Right? Like, oh, yeah, society has set up this this structure that when you get that compliment or when you get that praise or when you get that thing, your ego is like, it's a party. We're doing great. And it's like, mm. but we when we connect with that true, authentic version of us, that person doesn't care mm. about that stuff. No, it doesn't. And it, it's, I just think it's okay just to call it out. Hey, ego. What you doing today? You know like what that. I mean? Like, it's not you, right? I, I also just wanted to say, I like, I personally identify a lot with your journey. And um, there's a theme here that I see recurring, you know, which at least it, in my own experience, I felt a similar theme, which is just like seeking outside of self, you know, this, this general mm -hmm. sense of like loneliness or not being seen or, or, or heard or connected with other. And you just start seeking, like, I, I need praise. I need to look good. I need to this, I need to that. Right. And as you get those things, you think you're going towards this version of you. That's your authentic self. But man, if you pause for a second and you start to go deeper, you start to realize, Whoa, I'm doing this for the wrong reasons. So, um, yeah, again, thank you for sharing that. And just, you know, at this point now you're 30 years old, right? You've, you've, you've gone a bunch of different ways. You've gotten kicked down a bunch of different ways. Where did you start to really change that? Yeah. And before I go into that, I just want to say thank you 
all for sharing just that because at this point I wasn't aware that I didn't even know what the ego was I I wasn't aware of what personal development was I wasn't aware of the way we're conditioned and I'm going to go into that now so those that are listening to this of course they're aware because they're bettering themselves they're learning but at that time you know that's the quote we know better we do better I didn't know better I was just completely asleep and unconscious and I literally thought you're born and so therefore you need to lose weight and stay small and get approval to be loved and I that's literally what I thought you did in life and then when I found intuitive eating I was like wait hold on a minute what you don't have to try and lose you can love yourself what and it was literally like I'd opened the fridge door and I was looking at the Grand Canyon or something (laughs) it was that much of a like mind-blown moment so 30 years old in the bulimia I went on holiday to Egypt with a girlfriend um, and I met a Dutch man on holiday in Egypt hence why I'm now living in the Netherlands and he was also quite buff like he 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 was into bodybuilding and all of that and we were both attracted to yes the pe- the people who we, we were but most of all our looks because we were both kind of on the same vibe and after that holiday he said to me oh I will fly to England every weekend to see you and I was like thanks for the sex bye because that's really not gonna happen is that? <laughs> Love <It> happened. That. <laughs> he flew to England every Friday And he flew back every Monday for three months without a break. And I was like, wow, this guy is serious. Still in the eating disorder at this point. And then it got to a stage where I don't, this is the first time I really felt knowingly my intuition. I didn't know, I didn't have a word for it. Just felt this feeling of my heart. Like you need to just move to the Netherlands and now I know, like looking back in hindsight, I mean, the way that I met Valter, the universe like had it all planned out mm-hmm. and I allowed that to happen by accident. Yeah. But this time I felt this pull and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. What's the worst that can happen? If I don't like it, I'll just come back home to England. And so I moved there after literally knowing him for like four months. I remember sitting on the sofa and looking outside the window after a binge and then wondering how I'm going to purge thinking what the fuck have I done because now I can't hide anything Mm. like he would go for a shower and I would literally get brownies out the freezer that I'd frozen to try and stop me from eating them I would whack them in the microwave and then in the toilet literally just like like a drug addict to sugar or something I legit thought I was addicted to sugar and then I I took the laxatives to purge so it was like less obvious, but he wasn't, you know, he's not stupid. He's he's a conscious man. He was into personal development. He was like, you don't eat anything. Like, do you not want to nourish your body? And also when he said that, that was the first time in my whole life that I've ever heard someone comment on my food, because obviously I was anorexic. So it was, you're not eating enough. And then it was, you're binging and you're eating too much again, external, right? As Tyler said, everything was coming out in and I was believing and needing all of that for reassurance. But he said, don't you want to nourish yourself and like take care of your body? And I was like, "Um, is that a thing? Like, I know it sounds so silly, but I didn't even, so when I would diet, I wouldn't care about clean food. Thank God, orthorexia is about the only eating disorder I haven't had. It would be the lowest calorie, 
full of chemicals like that syrup that zero i mean what the fuck is even in that for yeah, a start it's mystery <laughs> and, food yeah and I want to pause you. I want to pause you there and say that you know you say like I can't believe that I didn't think about that till then, but I think there's probably somebody listening right now that's still stuck in that level of thinking, right? Which is just like we eat more or less to change the way that we look, to lose weight, to whatever, right? And they're not sitting and thinking about their body as this only vehicle that we get, and the opportunity to show up for themselves from self care rather than consistently seeking outside of self for love and attention and, and, and being fueled through a deep sense of insecurity and self-judgment. So, you know, like you're, you're definitely not alone in that one. I think a lot of people still need to just look at food and just say, what's nourishing to me? What do I enjoy eating? And it's, but you know, also, it's hard to get people to recognize a, that. That's a slippery slope because I've been on that path too, where it's like you almost become afraid of the things that aren't. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she just So yeah. like I definitely dabbled in like, that's too far mm. of like nerd, right? So the clean I think eating it's, thing. Yeah, I think it's also about like understanding that <clears throat> food is, and maybe, and I'd love your opinion on this too. But like food is meant to nourish your body, but food is also part of our how we connect and how we have fun and how we enjoy experience with yeah. one another. And so I think it's like the understanding and the neutrality of like. Food has vitamins and minerals and macronutrients and things that our body needs. And food also provides these experiences and, and we don't have to put any judgment on them. We can just offer neutrality to those understandings. Mm. But I think it's very hard to get there. I still fight internally with my own belief systems around just have the fucking croissant. Like it just let it go. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you have this aha moment, right? And then where does it go from there? Yeah, so that was that was when I was really like, oh, oh wait, what? Okay, well, number one, I can't hide it anymore. Number two, I'm with someone who I love, who generally cares about me, and is because he's a coach. He was asking questions like, so I would have to like kind of find my own answer. I was used to be being told, do this, do that, don't do that, and then just being like, okay, or well, now what? Now I'm confused. He would ask me questions that I've not really been asked before, like even the simple question of, well, don't you want to nourish yourself instead of you should be eating x y and z and then that opened or shifted something within me and then i still continued the binging the purging had stopped and then at one point and i was lying to him as well at one point so i also felt like a really terrible person because when i would come to have dinner and i'll be like oh no i'm you know i i ate earlier and i basically just eaten like a kilogram of chocolate in the car before like i'm not joking i'm not exaggerating i would again I overachieved at restriction and was anorexic. I overachieved at binge eating and would eat like tens of thousands of calories like in an hour in the car. And I didn't want to lie anymore. And I remember just sitting on the floor and crying. And you know, when you, you, you like, you can't breathe because you're like hyperventilating or something. And at that point, I remember being scared of my own thoughts being scared of being me and it's really hard to describe in words that feeling because I've never felt even in the abusive relationship I was severely depressed I self-harmed I have tattoos to try and cover up all the scars I've never felt that much fear before when I sat there afraid of myself I wanted to check myself into like a asylum or something so someone could I don't know I don't know what I wanted I was just I just knew that I absolutely could not continue the way I continued. And it, I 
I needed, unfortunately, to get to that absolute rock bottom in order for me to surrender and say, I give up. I don't give a fuck what it takes. I just cannot do this anymore. And I, if I had probably not been that low, I might have still tried to continue dieting. And But I was just done, mm. absolutely done. And so from that moment... I started reading books, listening to podcasts, and I was listening to a podcast and it was the um, oh, Sean Stevenson, the Model Health Show podcast. Oh, yeah. And he yeah, had a guest on. Yeah, his his great guy, right? And he he had a guest on, um, Cynthia Pascal Garcia, who is the founder of the Transformational Nutrition Training. And I just had this light bulb moment, like, oh my God, if I become a health coach I can fix myself in brackets and then I can help other people and so I I enrolled in that certification so it was everything all at once I hired a coach I by the way I borrowed a shitload of money from my mom and from my my well he wasn't my fiance at that point and from Bowser to get me through this because you know investing in yourself it's a big deal but it's the best thing I've ever done for myself and so in the space of two years it's like I was died I died and then I was reborn like mm-hmm. I found spirituality through personal development oh my god that is a that is spirituality is something that I'd been searching for my whole life that I didn't even know I was looking for mm-hmm. and it was coming home like that's why I use that language on my website and I from the way that you three have spoken I know that you you what you get this it's just coming home to your natural, authentic version of you, coming home to infinite self-love. There is no love out there. It's coming from within and we feel it from out there because we're ha- we're feeling our own love from within. And so after that long journey of healing my relationship with food, I had to do a shit ton of body image work because 99% of my worthiness was directly linked to my body size. Hmm. And I had to just cut all of that away. I did a lot of grieving of the smaller body that I had. And at one point I had an actual identity crisis and I was like, who the fuck am I? I no longer am a machine at the gym. I no longer have an eating disorder. Like, who am I? And then I just started to create the version I wanted to become. And here I am, and I can continue to step into the version of the highest version of me. And I help women come back home to self-love and intuition eating, where eating is easy and effortless and where you look in the mirror naked and you love the woman staring back at you. Not necessarily because, oh, I look so hot today and I love the way my ass is. And it's not that. It's deeper than that. It's I just love who I am and I accept my body and your body is the energy vehicle of you get to experience life through. And so it radiates as well. The amount of confidence I have now in a bigger body, I, and I'm still under the thin privilege, I, I am fully am aware of that. But compared to how I used to be, even I had the quote perfect body, the amount of confidence I have now, because it's true, genuine, authentic confidence of being the woman who I am. So I just love what I do because I get women to come back home to themselves and then to feel the way I feel in their own way. And most of them also then go on to coach and help women do the same too. So it's a ripple effect. 
I love that. And you know, <clears throat> you said something that's really important that I've been trying to say here for a little while, which is a couple things. One, if you come to WeShape and your goal is to lose weight, we're going to hopefully transition that goal because what I think we're really asking is how do I love myself? And I, I think we don't know that we're asking that, but we are. And I just like to tell everybody, if you don't love yourself where you are today, it mm. actually doesn't matter what body transformation you have because you will not love yourself more when you are there. So I'm like, it's no. so funny because we have people take a quiz and I was, I was kind of like, challenging the growth team the other day like why are you guys asking the weight loss question on question number one they're like because if we don't ask that people won't ever they'll just leave the quiz <laughs> I was like they're like it's okay for it to ask because then once they get here we'll show them a new path and I'm like okay fine we can ask that question but I do think people get surprised I'm like oh welcome to we shape yeah we're not gonna help you lose weight um, we're actually <laughs> you came for a workout yeah. psych yeah. we're gonna tear your whole belief system <laughs> yeah. apart and put it back together so it's a little bit of a but anyway, it's okay. I just a switcheroo. Um, it's a little switcheroo, but it, I understand that like people's minds aren't quite always open to the idea that there's a different path. And so if I have to ask them that question so that they can be like, well, good, these people are going to help me lose weight. But then they come in, I'm like, I'm not going to help you lose weight. Recycle your scale. <laughs> um, but here's why, you know. And so um, you you said that, and then you said something else that's really important. And I and I. And I want to see what you have to say about this. So part of the journey of discovering self, right, requires, I think, two really important things. One, leaving the door crap, crapped, leaving the door cracked <laughs> to any identity that we've already established that we think we are, right? Because mm -hmm. you can't evolve into something that better serves you if you're overly attached to the thing that, regardless of it's good or bad or this or that, if you're attached to... Um, you know, I'm a clean eater or I don't eat this or I, you know, if you're attached to those things, you won't be able to have any opportunity for change. Um, and then the second thing is, I think that there's this misconception and like this around quote unquote self-love that like we just like fix all the parts that we don't like and then we love ourselves. But I think what it really is, is we acknowledge the character defects that we have. We acknowledge the parts of ourselves that we don't like and we offer those parts love and acceptance and gratitude as well. So it's not about becoming this perfect person. It's a, and then suddenly we love ourselves, right? It's about, oh, I see all these parts. These parts are painful. Maybe I can take some deeper work in them, but it's not about fixing anything. It's about self-acceptance acceptance. that leads yeah. to that self-love. So I don't know what you – I mean, that's just been my experience. I don't know if you have a different experience around that. Absolutely. It's radical acceptance. And, you know, acceptance is the mindset shift that you get to choose in the moment. And then surrender is the embodiment, the physical um, feeling of, acceptance and so you're exactly right i i feel the same as you it's not about looking in the mirror or loving the way it can be loving the way you look by the way it, it can be both and but self-acceptance and not even self-acceptance acceptance of life in general acceptance of every circumstance that happens if you choose to perceive it as something positive or even neutral then you're free there's a quote that i was I was listening to an audio book. I think it was from the book, Radical Acceptance. And she said, the boundary to what you can accept is the boundary to your freedom. Hmm. Boom, mic drop. That's right? a good one. I love that. 
I love that because you it's know, all about I, I, so in so much of my own work, what I come back to is like comparison creates so much suffering because we're like, I want to be like that. And criticism creates so much suffering because we're like, you should be like that. Right. And complaining creates so much suffering because we're saying my circumstance should be different. And the answer to all of those situations is self-acceptance, is acceptance of the moment. And I think it's just, it's really hard to do, right? When you're in that, when you're feeling that pain, when you're feeling that insecurity and you want to change, thinking that change is going to make you feel better, but you get to that end goal and you still feel insecure, you still feel frustrated, right? And I think that's hard for people to understand if you've never had an experience like that. But um, so, you know, we're talking about acceptance. How do you actually get someone there? Because I think it's, it's difficult to do. It's difficult to do. And it depends how acceptance in all forms is true freedom. When it comes to body acceptance, there's so many blocks that stop people from, and because I've been there as well, that stops people from acceptance. What you said, Tyler, when someone's looking at their body and they're like, right, I'm not accepting this because I need to be smaller. And so already they're future tripping to try and get, because as humans, we, we run towards pleasure and run, run away from pain. They're trying to run away from the pain of perhaps shame. Most of the time, the root, the root feeling of body stuff is, is shame. And because they're unwilling or don't know how, they've not been taught how to feel that and what that even means, they're planning the next diet and thinking, okay, well, I'm not accepting this and I'm going to make it better in the future. And it, and the ego's never happy. It's never enough. Like, you know, the theme of this podcast that is never enough. When does it ever stop? And so with body acceptance, and this is what I used to feel, I thought that if I accepted myself, I didn't care. And I was settling and I was giving up. And in a way, acceptance is giving up, right? But it's a positive thing. And so to accept your body is to first start off realizing that you have two choices. Choice number one, you can continue fighting reality and suffer, or you can feel the pain and feel the shame and, and get support and, and how to do that and choose to accept because acceptance doesn't mean approval. There's a difference. I A lot of people think that if they accept something, it means they, they have to like it. That's not true. If it's chucking it down with rain outside and there's a storm blowing, you may or may not like that, but you accept it because you don't think you can control the weather. Now, here's the control conversation. People struggle to accept their bodies because they think they can actually control the way their body looks. Short term, they can because diets only work temporarily. I mean, we know the statistics. What is it? 95 to 98% of diets don't work long term for everyone on the planet. And so because we're sold a lie every day as well, that we can control our bodies by controlling our foods. And um, again, admittedly short term, we can, but we also have set point weight. We also have genetics. We also have mental health. If you want to have a healthy relationship with food in your body, you cannot control your body. Your body knows what it's doing. And so when I'm working with women around body acceptance, we have to understand that we can't they have to grasp and this is we go in depth this in our module in my program in my modules they have to grasp that wait 
I can't control my body. And when they know that they actually can't long-term control their body and be happy and live a free life, something shifts because they let go. They give in from a, from a happy place to give in and they let their body do its thing. They learn how to connect to their body, eat with intuition, also put their mental health first. So as Katie was saying, sometimes she still struggles. You struggle with like, shall I eat the croissant? Shall I not have it? Health isn't just physical, there's mental health and emotional health. So if you're enjoying a croissant and you don't physically need it because you've had, I don't know, oatmeal before or whatever, you're actually providing yourself a, a balanced mental health experience in that moment. And also when we come together and have birthdays. And so it's such a broad perspective of health and acceptance can the food freedom part only comes in my experience and my professional opinion when you're doing this body work, image work and acceptance because you cannot have food freedom if you do not know how and have experienced body acceptance because there's always going to be that control there. That's so big. You, you said you yeah. said shame. <laughs> I love that you said that because so many people run away from connecting with themselves and their deeper feelings and who they truly are because they're afraid to feel those scary feelings, right? It's like we look at ourselves in the mirror, we feel that shame a little bit and we go, I gotta change this, right? And the real solution is feel the shame, let it flow through you, and then you have acceptance mm -hmm. on the other side, right? It's like, it's like people yeah. don't realize like through the wall of pain, there is joy, there is pleasure, there is acceptance, but we think we just need to go to a different wall, you know? And well, I, sure enough, we're just gonna come up against that wall over and over again until we're willing to I walk through it. I think there's a human condition though that, I, I, we, mm -hmm. I talk about shame a lot on the podcast because I feel like it's a very powerful emotion that drives a lot of the way we behave. And um, mm -hmm. I think that people are afraid if I let that feeling in, it's going to stay forever. Mm, that's so true. And so it's this it's this trick that the human condition wants to play where it's like, don't feel it because you won't make it go away and then you'll suffer forever. But I think that once we can, here we go back to acceptance, when we can accept that feeling things like shame are part of the human experience and avoiding those feelings actually drive you down a path of control which then drive you know it's like that's what's driving us down control and so just acknowledging that this is part of being a human being and shame is an emotion that we will feel and and leaning into that with the understanding of it's here it feels icky this feels like shit and it won't last forever i think is really important i think we avoid it because we think it's going to last forever yeah, that brings yeah. me back to my favorite quote. You know, I love to say it, and I'm going to say it again. Do it is, every day. Let go or be dragged, because you can be <laughs> mad that it's raining outside. Like you said, it's pissing down rain. It doesn't change the fact that it's raining, right? Like accepting that and having some like peace around that gives you, like you said, freedom. Like you don't have to be like in pain and kicking and screaming when you're like, this is just what is. It won't be permanent. Very powerful. Yeah. Beyond freedom lies freedom. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was just Beyond saying like very lies freedom. Oh, let's try this one more time. <laughs> Dang. All right. I was just saying it's very powerful work that you're doing around self-acceptance and realizing that when you're trying to control, you have left acceptance. And acceptance yes. is the pathway to freedom. And if you're gonna if you're not able to go down that path, you're gonna go down the control path. And isn't it funny that we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result, yet we mm -hmm. still click the button to buy the diet, even though we have actual hard data that says it doesn't work. 
we still do it. And so I think that yeah. coming out and saying, hey, everybody, guess what? I think what it was is that, like, this is what I think happened along the way in this journey in our culture, that we kind of know it doesn't work deep down, but it's like, well, then what? What do I do? It's like my options are control or, like, just do nothing. And so I think what you're offering, Victoria, is a different path. And I think that the, that, that hadn't really been here before, right? I mean, I think it's always been there, but I think that we haven't been talking about it as much before. And so you're, you're now saying, okay – the diets don't work, but we're actually going to offer you something different that can lead you down a path of acceptance that can lead to this level of freedom that is a very beautiful gift you're offering people. To piggyback on that super quick is just, I think that people want easy. And the world that's built on yeah. a capitalist of, capitalistic motive understands that the easier it is to get whatever you want the more likely someone will come in and buy it and then that fuels the whole entire engine of capitalism itself. You don't get mad when your Amazon Prime doesn't get there the next yeah, day. Yeah, right? I know, <laughs> right? So like at the end of the day, if we're all thinking easy, 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 easy and acceptance is the real path to freedom, but is acceptance easy? Like I don't think in, in any circumstance acceptance comes easily and I think people have to be willing to um, – you know, embrace the pain with the with the knowledge that there's something really more beautiful on the other side. And of that. acknowledge that we're currently part of a culture that values quick, that values painless, that values, um, you know, maximum revenue. That I mean, the the value system in our current culture and our current climate, no pun intended. There also is that th that it. How am I trying to say this? Is that acceptance and this other path we're talking about is not aligned with the cultural values yeah. that we're all learning today. So you have to acknowledge that, okay, I'm going to go down this path because I recognize that people like Victoria have gone down here and there's freedom and there's ease and there's surrender and there's a, a deeper, more meaningful human experience behind that door. Mm -hmm. And when I go down that path, there's this other thing that's happening in parallel, which is telling me the complete opposite. So I think people have to acknowledge that existence because otherwise it's just a, a, an uphill battle, right? I mean, like, think about the work that you're doing, Victoria. Think about the work we're trying to do here. It is not aligned <laughs> with what the media, what our culture, what many people share with us is supposed to be the way. Exactly that. And it's so funny you said that because one of the two questions that I ask potential clients at the end of our consultation call is the first question is are you willing to change your beliefs and thoughts around food and body if the answer is yes i then say okay great the second question i have for you are you willing to have different beliefs around food and body than most of the people in the world right now if the answer is yes, we can absolutely get to work. And that I promise, and I know promise is a strong word, but I'm I'm so I'm so confident about the journey I've been on and what I offer to to people, especially when they've said yes to both those things. Let's get to work because I guarantee freedom, liberation, self-acceptance, self-love on the other side. And then you realize that the more you continue down this path, that you get to be the authentic version of you you get to live in freedom and joy and love. And the more you do that, 
it has an effect on other people. So mm -hmm. I'm handing out permission slips left, right and center. It's okay to tune into your body and eat what you want to eat. And then we can talk about health and that's another conversation. It's okay to be yourself. It's okay to set boundaries. And it's just such a beautiful ripple effect. And honestly, that, that my relationship with food led me into the deeper stuff because the food stuff is a big deal, but it's just a really overwhelming shit symptom of what's really going on and that always always comes down to lack of self-worth lack of self-love people pleasing all of that we just need to heal and come back home to ourselves and then the whole planet heals eventually i yes. have a vision yeah. mm. i mean Preach it. We, and this is what i talked with you on your podcast. Well, hold on a second i want to know her vision okay. <laughs> hold up a second damn <laughs> that was the good stuff coming in Oh, that was my end. But my vision is, you know, like peace on earth. Like it's, I believe in reincarnation. So in this body, I, we won't get there. But I truly believe one day we will get to peace on earth. And the whole, the whole universe is becoming more and more conscious. There's, I mean, in fact, I wanted to say this to you because of your opening conversation. You know, you found out you're highly sensitive, Katie. Yes. My my fiance is too. And have you heard of Gaia? No. It's like spiritual Netflix. It is amazing. So it's G-A-I-A. Okay. They have a documentary on Gaia called Sensitive, and it's all about highly sensitive people. And I watched it so I could understand him better because he what you've described that is exactly him. I'm gonna send you the test so you can take it. <laughs> please, yes, yeah. please do. Okay, well. <laughs> Yeah, and the whole world, the conscious people are waking up. You know, there's meditation is a normal thing to talk about now. Yeah, one of the things mindfulness is normal. One of the things that I've been doing recently in um, the short daily meditation that I have is I'm asking the universe to bring the people to We Shape that will benefit from We Shape. Like, don't mm -hmm. bring the people that don't want to evaluate their beliefs. Like, I don't. I want to like come together with people who are ready to say you know, I, I want a different intention. Like I want to evaluate these belief systems and I want to come together and create a new collective whole that forms a new value system because this value system mm -hmm. doesn't serve me anymore and I'm tired of living on this on this hamster wheel. And so I, I, I think we share a lot of aligned beliefs um, around the spirituality side of this and I think that people are ready. And as much as this is going on with capitalism and you know, the media and all the things, there are a lot of people who are ready. And so I just want to continue to invite those people into our community because I think one person at a time, like you said, really has an amazing ripple effect. And, and the only reason we participate in the way we have in the past is because we had a belief that that was the way. It's not because it is the way, right? So at any point, we can show up and say, I, I have a new belief and I have a new value system and I'm, I'm going to act from that space. So it, there's infinite possibilities if we come together and just say, we're going to try something different. <laughs> the, the old way is no longer serving me. You don't have to do a diet ever again if you don't want to. You don't. You don't have to count calories and lose weight and weigh yourself. Like You literally don't have to do it. And we're providing an opportunity and you're providing an opportunity as well for people to come together and say, okay, let's try something else. Let's, I, let's figure out a different plan. Just to piggyback on that, I think, I think people are afraid to stick out. 
And like prior to the advent of the internet and information being so much more available, it's like everyone wanted to fit into the bubble of the society that they were in. And now that we're in this place where there's so much more freedom of information and ability to share, I think that people are starting to go, whoa, like it's okay to have a different way of thinking. It's okay to have a different lifestyle. It's okay to think differently about myself, to take different actions. And like speaking to what you said, like this, this sense of world peace, to me, it's like everybody wants to do something outside of themselves to change the world. And what really needs to start with is, is fix the inside, right? And if you fix the inside and you show up in the world as your authentic self, unafraid of what other people are thinking about you, and you're doing that with compassion and kindness for those around you, guess what? People see that and they go, wait a second, I don't have to fit in this bubble anymore. You know, and if it's like, if it's 99% of people are going to stay in society and that 1% stick out, well, that 1% is going to turn into three and that three is going to turn into six and that six is going to turn into 15. And it's just going to be a snowball effect, I think, over time. So I couldn't agree more with you it, that the most important thing is just get out there, shine that light, you know, work on yourself and help others work on themselves. So important. And it, it's making me laugh because yesterday when I was taking my nine year old to school, I was like dancing all crazy in the car and she looked at me for a minute and I kind of looked at her back like just let it go just like do whatever you want and she was like you know mom a couple kids in my class tell me that I'm weird and I say really what do you say to them and she said I tell them I already know that about myself <laughs> I thought <laughs> okay you know as a parent we're not going to get it perfect but I'm doing something a little bit right if you are not caring about their opinion about you and I was like that sounds like a really phenomenal response. So maybe we could take advice from my nine-year-old today and just give permission for people to not fit into the norm and to understand that the benefit and the um, experience of not fitting into the norm and being you comes with a magnitude of freedom. And if you want to mm -hmm. talk about losing weight, <laughs> I'll take losing that kind of weight all the day, that energetic weight that you lose when you stop subscribing. That's the kind of weight I would love for people to lose when they come to WeShape is that energetic burden that they carry with fitting into the norm, with being worried about someone calling them weird. We don't have to care about that anymore. And there is, and luckily for us, there are plenty of people like yourself and like us here at WeShape where we're actually available for a different way. So if, you, if you're open, there's people who can actually support you. So you're not alone in this experience. But what I hear you saying is that there's just so much freedom to be had on the other side if you're willing to go there. There really, I need to quote Brene Brown right now. Let's do it. To back up what you said. Love it. So I love her, but one of my favorite quotes is, if you spend your whole life trying to fit in you will never truly belong. Mm. Because you have to belong to you. When you. Yeah. Right? And when you belong to yourself, as Tyler was saying, and you saying, Katie, people find, your, your tribe finds you, your people find you. Yes. If someone was to call me weird, I'm like, that is the biggest compliment yeah. you could ever give me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think you asked me that question on your podcast. You're like, what would your friends say about you? Yes. I was like, they said I would probably be weird. And you're like, that's great. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect, I think that's a perfect quote to end the podcast on today. Um, I have a feeling that we're probably going to reach out to you to invite you back onto the podcast because I feel like we've only opened one of many doors of yeah, discussion. Oh my God, this yeah. could go on for this hours. This could go on for I, a long time. Tell. We could have a fun time. <laughs> um, but I'm so grateful for you joining us and for providing this insight and also for the amazing work that you're doing. You're offering people a, a, an incredible gift of personal freedom and acceptance. So 
Thank you so much. Now, before we go, though, please let people know where they can find you. Thank you. I'm just receiving that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'll be honored to come back on again. And so they can find everyone. Hi, list to all of your incredible listeners. Victoria Kleinsman, Facebook, victoriakleinsman.com, Victoria Kleinsman official on Instagram. I have a free taste test on my website where you get the first modules of my paid program and so that's really really beneficial and valuable even if you just want to come and do that and then go there's lots of journaling self-reflection I have a podcast also that Katie is on called the body love binge on any platform and I'm very personal with my dm so I do have a virtual assistant that helps me with other stuff but direct messages I'm at the end of them and I I love to send voice notes and people are quite surprised, but I am my business, right? And I get it. And so I, I am at the end of the messages. So reach out. I will voice note you back. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give so much free help as well, because I'm really in this to just support as many women as possible and men, but primarily women reach out to me. So thank you for allowing me this space to share what I do with the world. I appreciate it. That's beautiful. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Victoria. We'll, we'll, we'll love to have you back on. And um, take care to all of our listeners, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash challenge to sign up.